Well, hello, and welcome to this episode of Learn Everyday English, the Learn Everyday English podcast, your roadway to English proficiency. You've come to the right place to improve your listening comprehension skills and mastery of the English language. My name is Gary, and I will be your host today. I am a native English speaker, born and raised in the United States. I'm a retired engineer living in a small Texas town, and I'm a language learner just like you, and I'm studying Spanish. So I know what it is like to learn a new and different language. So now, let's jump right in to today's episode. Well, howdy, listeners, and this is a big welcome from Texas. I hope you're going to enjoy this uh, episode today on the Learn Everyday English podcast, and glad to have you with me. Again, my name is Gary. In this episode, we're going to be talking about some of the most common English expressions or idioms that you'll hear in typical English conversation. But before we get started, I want to remind you that you can follow me at my webpage. Just go to www.learneverydayenglish.com. At the webpage, you can find links to and listen to all the podcasts directly from the webpage if you want to. You can subscribe to the uh, podcast. Go, go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and others. Also, on the webpage, you can find a link to the Learn Everyday English YouTube channel where you can find interesting and engaging videos that will help you learn and improve your English. And finally, at the uh, webpage, there's a special page which says Podcast Resources. Click that, and that will take you to the Podcast Resources page where you can download the program notes so you don't have to write everything down and you can follow along with me as I go through this lesson. Hey, so without further ado, let's jump right in to today's episode. So as I said earlier, we're going to be talking about some very common, or maybe most commonly used English expressions and idioms. And I didn't come up with all of these, and I found some of these at a web page, so I want to give them credit. It's called harvest.net. And it's talking about 10 English idioms to use in the United States. But you might hear or find these idioms used in other English-speaking countries. So we're going to jump right into the first expression, which is to feel under the weather. To feel under the weather. And this is just another way to say that you are not feeling well. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have a serious health problem or a serious health issue or that you are extremely sick or extremely ill. You could just also have a, say, a cold or a minor ache and pain somewhere in your body. So that means this expression is to feel under the weather. Just not feel well, feel a little sick. Just we say sometimes you don't feel like yourself. So I'm going to give you two example sentences for each expression or idiom. The first uh, sentence is this. I'm not going to class today. I feel a little under the weather. I'm not going to class today. I feel a little under the weather. It means I just don't feel myself. I feel a little sick. I feel a little bad. So I'm not going to go to class. 
The second example sentence is this. After you get the COVID vaccine, you might feel under the weather for several days. After you get the COVID vaccine, you might feel under the weather for several days. And this is something maybe your doctor may tell you, uh, the person that, that's giving you the vaccine may tell you, you might feel under the weather. Or sometimes they may say you might feel a little under the weather. The next expression is a piece of cake. A piece of cake. This means something that is extremely easy to do or very easy and does not represent any kind of challenge for the person that is doing the task or doing the work or doing the thing. So we, again, we say a piece of cake is just something that is easy for you to do. It is not difficult. The first example sentence is this. John already knew how to play the guitar so learning to play the ukulele was a piece of cake for him. John already knew how to play the guitar, so learning to play the ukulele was a piece of cake for him. And the ukulele is just a, another type of stringed instrument, we say in English. It's smaller than a guitar, and it only has four strings instead of six strings. And the strings are usually made of a plastic-type material like nylon, so it's easier on your fingers. It doesn't hurt as much. The second example sentence with the expression piece of cake is this. The English test was a piece of cake. The English test was a piece of cake. That means the English test was very easy. So somebody who took the test and thought they did well, they can make that uh, statement or use that expression. But I guess as an opposite way, you can say this in the negative. Somebody could say after they took the English test, boy, that English test sure wasn't a piece of cake. The English test sure wasn't a piece of cake. That means it was not very easy. It was not very easy. The next expression is once in a blue moon. Once in a blue moon. And you could use this expression to talk about something that almost never happens. Or you can say it's something that happens every now and then. Something that happens very infrequently. Or something that happens not very often. Here's the first example sentence. Hey, do you see or hear from your friend Martha very often? This is a question somebody could ask you. Do you see or hear from your friend Martha very often? And the answer is, uh, Once in a blue moon, she will call me. So again, a question. Do you see or hear from your friend Martha very often? And the answer is this, uh, Once in a while, once in a blue moon, she will call me. Once in a blue moon, she will call me. That means very infrequently or not very often. Or very now, every now and then she will call me, but not, not a lot. Here's the next example sentence. And somebody is asking you, Are you still practicing English? And your answer is this No, just once in a blue moon. I've been so busy with work, I haven't had much time to do anything else. 
So again, are you still practicing English? Uh, no, just once in a blue moon. I've been so busy with work, I haven't had much time to do anything else. The next example expression is this. It means, it says, see eye to eye. See eye to eye. Or you can also use this in a negative or opposite sense. And the expression is, not see eye to eye. Not see eye to eye. So to see eye to eye means to agree with someone or share a similar opinion with someone. And not see eye to eye means to not agree with someone or not share a similar opinion. For example, Me and my husband see eye to eye on most things. Me and my husband see eye to eye on most things. That means... They both agree on most things. The next example sentence is this. Paul wants to move into a new house, but his wife doesn't want to. They don't see eye to eye on this issue. Paul wants to move into a new house, but his wife doesn't want to. They don't see eye to eye on this issue. That means they don't agree on this issue of moving into a new house. The next expression is, the ball is in your court. The ball is in your court. And this is an expression used to tell another person or somebody else that it is their turn to do something. Like, hey, now you need to do something. I've done something, now it is your turn. For example, I have called Peter back several times, but I still haven't heard from him. I'm not going to call anymore. The ball is in his court. Again, I have called Peter back several times, but I still haven't heard from him. I'm not going to call anymore. The ball is in his court. That means I've called Peter enough. It is time for him to call me back, so I am not going to do anything else. It is his turn. The next example sentence is this. I've done all I know to do to help you. Now the ball is in your court. I've done all I know to do to help you. Now the ball is in your court. So I've done everything in my power to help you out. But now it's your turn. You need to do something for yourself. So now the ball is in your court. The next example expression is stab someone in the back. Stab someone in the back. And this means to betray someone or to do something malicious, which means something mean or not very nice to someone that they would never expect from you or they would never expect you to do. Again, so to stab someone in the back means to betray someone, betray their confidence or their trust, or to do something mean that they would not expect for you to do. For example, I let John stay with me for a few days because his parents kicked him out of the house. I just found out he stole money from me. How could he stab me in the back like that? Again, this is kind of a long sentence. I'll read it again. 
I let John stay with me for a few days because his parents kicked him out of the house. And to kick someone out of the house means to tell somebody that they need to leave the house, they need to go away, to go somewhere else. I just found out he stole some money from me. How could he stab me in the back like that? Like, how could he do that to me? I was his friend. I tried to help him out. And he betrayed me. He betrayed my trust and confidence and did something mean to me that I was not expecting him to do because he stole some money from me. The next example sentence is this. My girlfriend stabbed me in the back because I just found out she has been going out with my best friend. My girlfriend stabbed me in the back because I just found out she has been going out, or dating, my best friend. So that's stab someone in the back. The next expression is pitch in, pitch in. This means to contribute to something, to achieve a group or collective outcome, or to achieve a goal. It can a lot of times mean to contribute money, but it can also mean to contribute like time and effort or help. So it can also mean to help or help out with something that needs to be done. For example, we are raising money for a charity that helps di disabled children. Do you want to pitch in? We are raising money for a charity that helps disabled children. Do you want to pitch in? And a charity is like an organization that usually uh, asks for money or receives money or donations from people. And they help out people in need or people that have, have needs or need certain things. And this charity helps disabled children. Disabled means somebody who has some type of disability. And it could be a variety of disabilities. Maybe they have difficulty walking Maybe they are blind and other things like that. And the question is, do you want to pitch in? Means, hey, do you want to contribute money to the charity to help out? So do you want to pitch in? The second example sentence is this. A few of us are going to go down to the local park and pick up trash. Can you pitch in this afternoon? A few of us are going to go down to the local park and pick up trash. Can you pitch in this afternoon? That means, can you come out and help us this afternoon? And I can also say, can you pitch in and help this afternoon? Can you pitch in and help this afternoon? So to pitch in is to contribute and help someone do something or to achieve a goal or an outcome. The next example expression or next expression is rule of thumb, rule of thumb. And thumb is just like the finger on your hand that's called a thumb. So a rule of thumb. And this refers to a method of doing something that is based more on social knowledge and practice rather than law or science. So it's maybe based on like common sense or experience maybe more so than actual law or science. So, for example, as a rule of thumb, when learning English, it is better to study every day. 
As a rule of thumb, when learning English, it is better to study every day. Or I can say, it is better to study a little every day. Or maybe I can say, as a rule of thumb, when learning English, it is better to study a little every day than to study once or only once or twice a week. The next example sentence is this. As a rule of thumb, when buying furniture, it is best not to buy something too cheap. And cheap means like inexpensive. Since it won't last long, you are better off spending a little more to get something of better quality. As a rule of thumb, when buying furniture, it is best not to buy something too cheap, since it won't last long. You are better off spending a little more to get something of better quality. So that's a rule of thumb, kind of like a suggestion or recommendation, you could say. The next expression is blow off steam. Blow off steam. This means to release tension or to get rid of stress or stressful energy that you have inside of you. So to kind of relax. For example, I've had a very stressful day at work. I need to go to the gym and blow off some steam. I've had a very stressful day at work. I need to go to the gym and blow off some steam. I need to de-stress, we say. Get rid of stress or get rid of tension. The second example sentence is this. Don't get too upset at Joe. He was just blowing off some steam. He didn't really mean what he said. So in this context, it looks like Joe became angry or got angry. And maybe he said some things that he shouldn't have said. And another person got upset. So his friend is telling him, Hey, don't get too upset at Joe. He was just blowing off some steam. He didn't really mean what he said. So Joe was just getting rid of or releasing tension or maybe some anger or something like that. And the last expression is get over something or get over it. To get over something or to get over it. And we use this expression or idiom when you want to say something that doesn't bother you anymore or after you have overcome negative feelings about a situation. And it can just mean to overcome negative feelings and, or to deal with a situation and put it behind you and move on and not dwell on the situation, as we say, or not keep focusing on the issue. Just go ahead and move on, move forward with your life. For example, I know it has been a while, but I have finally gotten over my breakup with my boyfriend and I am ready to move on. I know it has been a while, but I've finally gotten over my breakup with my boyfriend and I'm ready to move on. So I've finally gotten over the breakup, which means I have finally dealt with it. I don't have any negative feelings anymore and I can proceed with my life as normal. And the second example sentence is this. I know you are upset with Tim, but it has been two weeks already, and you are still acting like a child. Just get over it. I know you are upset with Tim, or angry at Tim, 
But it has been two weeks already, and you are still acting like a child. Hey, just get over it. Like, just stop acting silly. Stop acting foolish. Stop acting like a child. It's, it's enough time already. You need to move on. So we, that means just get over it. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Learn Everyday English podcast. I'd love to hear from you what you thought of this episode. If you have any questions for me or any suggestions for specific topics you'd like me to discuss on this program, hey, just go to the Learn Everyday English homepage or webpage. At the bottom, there will be a contact form. Just fill that out. Send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, be sure to check out the Learn Everyday English YouTube channel. And uh, be on the lookout for, as we say in English, be on the lookout for our upcoming uh, podcast episodes. Well, I think that's it for now, listeners. Hope you enjoyed this podcast again. Have a good day, weekend, and uh, wherever you're at around the world. Glad to say we have listeners in, I think, over 80 countries now on the podcast. I'm glad to hear that. It seems to be very popular with listeners. I hope it is helping you out with your listening comprehension skills. If you have any questions you want to ask me, hey, just like like I said before, let me know. So be sure to check out our upcoming episodes. Well, that's it for now. Hey, thanks for listening and goodbye.